Hey everybody, welcome to another delightful episode of the Collective Podcast. Um, today I have Josh Robinson on. Um, do you go by Josh or Joshua? Which would you prefer? Uh, usually Josh, but I have Joshua like on my social media because I have two Facebook pages. and Ah, sneaky, sneaky. Think, the Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You got the Bruce <laughs> Wayne going on. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, no, that's that's killer. Well, um, so everybody that's listening... Um, Josh uh, has been, he's uh, currently living in Singapore, so it's eight, no, it's nine o'clock my time. What time is it over there for you? Yeah, it's nine a, this will be confusing. So it's nine a.m. in the morning, your time, and it's 12 a.m. the next day. How dare you be uh, in the future? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, but he's he's all the way in the future. Uh, and so we had to kind of coordinate our times and stuff because he's out there um, at double negative right now where he's the modeling, modeling supervisor out there. Yep. But, uh, but um, we were just chatting and stuff. I was getting a little bit more of his uh, baseball card stats. And uh, he's, <laughs> been, he's been working in this industry for a shit ton of time, 16 years. Um, and he said that he split half of it between working in games and then now uh eight years in games and then eight years in films and visual effects and stuff and so he's currently out in uh singapore where he does you know like i just mentioned modeling supervisor stuff so which is killer um double negative does some really awesome work as well um which is awesome i i don't know if i i don't know if you worked on like total recall did you work on total recall by chance yeah i was i saw that you had done uh the gooey stuff gooey yeah yeah gooey gooey (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, what's crazy is when you when you take on a project like that. You, there's so many people involved that you don't know who's what doing where. You know, like in projects like that are so big that they never sleep because they go around the world. You know. Yeah, yeah. The 24 hour work cycle, and it's only like you know, it's like seven. What is that thing like? Uh, uh, six degrees always, of separation. Yeah, six degrees from Kevin Bacon or whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, no, definitely. And 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 all this other art nerdy stuff aside, um, he trains jujitsu as well. And uh, that's what that's a really cool thing that um, sparked um, interest to do a podcast in general. Really, I mean, uh, besides from the art and all that stuff. But I'm trying to figure out of getting people that are into stuff that are is a little bit beyond the art uh, spectrum. Not all, not all the time. Just so people don't get so bored of what you know the continual. Uh, yammering about like yeah art 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 you know so this is going to yeah, be really right. killer because you actually train um it turns out um there's there's a lot of different systems to train in jujitsu and, and not one of them is is the only one to train i think they're all they all have their um rights and you know g- goods and their weaknesses and strengths i think I, I'm, I'm still new to the game and i've only been training with uh eddie bravo's 10th planet system but um that's a system that you train in too right yeah, absolutely. I've, I mean, I've, I've been grappling for the same. I've been grappling for 16 years as well. So I've damn. I've sort of We're gonna have to talk it. about six, the 16 years or the year before the 16 years. You know, like what yeah. led what <laughs> led up to all this change? Because this is a lot of change, man. Well, I was homeless before, so you know. <laughs> there you go, man. This is gonna be was interesting. Like, um, well, so God, we're. Um, my my humble beginnings. I, I sort of grew up on a farm in a really small town in Illinois called Hersher and it was about I think there's about 5,000 people so and it, I mean it was it was small so like the, the same people I went to kindergarten with I graduated high school with and you oh it's wow all this, yeah it's all in the same building um, and it was just one of those for me struggles because my whole life everything I cared about nobody cared about and, and no <laughs> one cared about in school you which know, is what art and stuff 
Yeah, art or maybe it was martial arts or anything. I mean, the, you, there was no hopes of you doing anything professionally other than maybe the few jobs you could get as a farmer or in a factory, maybe being a nurse or if you were, I don't know, a unicorn, you got, you sort of went off and did your own thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to leave almost as early as I can remember. So mm -hmm. from age 14, I was like, I am leaving. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had seen Baywatch on television. And I was like, well, that, that looks pretty awesome. And so <laughs> That's what my friend so, Frank did, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, he moved all the way from, uh, uh, I think it was France, to San Diego because, he's, because of Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally, like, <laughs> That's brilliant. I had no reference point, but I was like, well. My boner's yeah. taking me there. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this seems way better than what I'm dealing with right now. So, uh, yeah, I moved out when I was 17. Um, and it was tough. I mean, it was tough, tough going. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was literally homeless for a while. I was sort of living in my car or if I was fortunate enough, I'd be able to stay at a friend's place or something. But I was putting myself through college while going to school full time and working full time and then ultimately training full-time i mean i was i was donating blood for money i mean i was broke as a joke <laughs> wow that's really cool though i i mean I, I have a lot of admiration for um for that because i think that's really when you start to discover what really matters you know when you strip everything yeah. down and then you, you you find the my friend said it one time you find the contrast in your life you know yeah, that's, yeah. that's killer. No, I mean, that's, you know, because you have to, basically. It's like, yeah. you know, you shit or get off the pot when it comes to that. You know, it's like you have no time to fuss about, you know, worrying about the color of the paint on your walls in your house. You know, it's like, I need to feed myself right now. Get out of my way, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I sort of, I, ironically, I sort of bump heads with people sometimes because I have this sort of intensely optimistic, happy outlook. And especially at work. There's some people at, at work not necessarily the job I'm at now, but just professionally, there's just people who they just aren't happy unless like everyone's stressed out, you know, like we have deadlines and they're, and they're really panicky <laughs> and because I'm not panicky. They think I'm not taking it serious, you know, and it, but it's just like, you know, they, they, need you to go, like, they need to go roll around then. Yeah. Well, Jiu-Jitsu like, will me, do I'm that like, to you. It'll ease you out. <laughs> yeah. After you've donated, you know, semen for money and done cage fighting, everything's sort of easy. <laughs> after that <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't know why you're so stressed out it's just cartoons we'll get it done well it's perspective know? right you know it's like yeah i have a hard time with that myself personally i sometimes i get lost in, in the perspective that i'm after and i kind of lo I, I i i i come from humble beginnings and i and sometimes i forget that and i get pissed because i get so caught up in the emotion but i think that's because i put everything i have into what i'm doing at the moment so I'm yeah. like emotionally attached to that one section, but that's why I loved about jujitsu, and we'll probably talk a lot about it today. And the gift of what that what it brings is um, to the outside eye, it probably looks just like a couple dudes sweating on one another and doing <laughs> doing weird like uh, taboo uh, things to one another's body. But it's like this really beautiful, uh, honest exchange of effort and energy, and it's all like these little angles and shifts of weight and it's like this really precise it's body chest really i think you know it's this yeah. beautiful thing and what it brings for me personally and i noticed that it brings for a lot of people is it gives you like a calmness it calms your ego first off first and foremost and it calms you as a person um because it, um it's all about the skill and it's one of those special things in this world where um the spectrum is is, is kind of 
honed down. You know, like you can you can be a, a smaller person with a ton of skill and you can take on a person double your size, you know, like that's, and that's really what started UFC and stuff. People saw the potential of like the underdog basically, you know, like, oh, okay, this guy was the underdog, but because of technique and skill, like he's now on the top, you know, which is killer. Yeah. I actually started in MMA. Actually, how I got into MMA was actually pretty funny. I, you know, my whole life I was an athlete and, um, I've always sort of walked that line of being like, man, just nerd by day, athlete by night type of personality. And, you know, I, the first sport I did was soccer. I played soccer for about 12 years and then I got in a track and I was sort of a decathlete. So I was doing pole vaulting for six years and hurdles and long jump and um, stuff like that. So my whole life from literally age five till 18, <clears throat> Well, 17, I guess, because I moved out when I was 17. So from five till 17, I was just, you know, essentially a full-time student athlete. And I, I never, there was never a time where I wasn't doing both. And so when I, when I left home, I didn't really have an outlet. And I just was like, well, gosh, what am I going to get into? And then I decided I was going to do bodybuilding a little bit just because I knew I wanted to train and improve myself physically, but I didn't have anything to train for, which, so essentially I was just sort of throwing weights around temporarily trying to figure out if I could find something to get into. And there was a heavy bag at Gold's Gym. I was living in Chicago at the time, and there was a, <laughs> there was a heavy bag. And I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to go hit the bag. I've never hit a bag, never thrown a punch. I had no idea if I would be any good at it. And I hit it and was really stunned at how weak I felt at hitting. Like in your head, you see people <laughs> punch at the movies, and you're like, well, that's just easy. You just throw it forward. And I was hitting this bag, and I was, I'm kind of a big guy. And yeah, how, how big are you? Like, what's your stats? Uh, six two, about two twelve, two thirteen. Yeah, you're pretty big. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm six one, but I'm like down in the one seventy one eighty range. Yeah, yeah, that GSP area. <laughs> <laughs> that way, I could fight him if ever, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. so I I'm hitting the bag and hitting the bag, and I'm 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 sort of one of those like the second I I hit adversity, I like I it bothers me and I have to like obsess over like getting really good at it. So, so I spend literally the next year and a half every day going to the gym and hitting this one heavy bag and no one's ever shown me how to do anything, but literally like a year and a half later, I I'm literally a badass on the heavy bag. I'm like, Van Damme, I'm doing all these kicks. And in my, in my retarded ego head, you know, young man's head. I'm just like, I am the baddest motherfucker. Like when I'm hitting the bag, I'm hearing like music. You know? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, yeah. fu it's fuel, you know, it's but testosterone. It's just that delusion, you know, like that delusion you have when you've, especially men, like you've never been in a fight, but you're, you assume you'd be good at it. That's, you know? that, you that would, carries would a lot of people. That yeah. About basketball or racing or anything. Yeah. That, that seems to, that, that, that machismo shit seems to carry a lot of people, you know, <laughs> I have friends that like live off of that, you know, like yeah. they're, that's their bread and butter. And it's like, you're a dipshit. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but I'm, works. you know, in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so good at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day I saw a flyer next to it and it said, Keith Hackney's combat Academy. And if, if someone's a real old school student of the sport, they would, Keith Hackney was in UFC, I think two, two, three, and four, or two and four. Old um, they called him the giant killer. He was this 180-pound guy, and he knocked out Emmanuel Yarbrough with this open palm sort of karate chop to the face. <laughs> and Emmanuel weighed about 600 pounds. Whoa. He was, I think, 185. It's one of the old freak show fights. And I was like, oh, my God, I've seen that guy on, in UFC. 
I went straight to the gym. I was like, let's do this. And in my same thing in my head, I'm like, this is going to be devastating. I'm going to finally unload all of my amazing capabilities on these bitches. (laughs) (laughs) And so the class, first of all, this was a very, this was a very intense gym. Everybody who's there was very serious. I don't know the first thing about actually fighting, but I just am like, well, I'm an athlete and I've been hitting a heavy bag for a year and a half. So I go in and the first hour and a half is stand up. The second hour and a half is ground. This is, this, this is how every class is every day with mandatory sparring after each session. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, putting in some work. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're like, Josh, you're sparring. I'll never forget this guy named Prentice. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it wasn't a nice gym. Like they, it, it wasn't like guys in Chicago will take it easy on you because it's mm. your first day. Like no one, no one cared. If anything, they just saw me and they were like, "Oh, go light this douche up," you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I got lit up by everybody. I mean, everybody wanted a piece of me. By the time sparring was over, like girls were challenging me, and I was just like, "I don't want to keep going." Like everyone was destroying me. Nothing, <laughs> I, nothing I did worked. It was, it was just humiliating. <laughs> and then. Um, so then the grappling part starts and like right off the top. So I'm, I'm sort of like drinking water and cooling off. You know, we have like a 10 minute break while we're getting ready for the grappling part. And I, so I sort of confess to Keith. I'm like, Keith, I don't really understand this whole ground thing. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if someone just grabs your arm, just kick them. Like who gives Like, I don't get it. He's <laughs> like, I totally understand. Uh, Kathy, Kathy. And I'm like, who's Kathy? I see this little 125 pound blonde girl come out. He's like, Kathy, get on your back really quick. I'm like, okay. He's like, Josh, get in between your legs. And I'm like, what do you mean get in between your legs? He's like, he's got a camera out. He's like, get the lighting. Yeah, I don't know what guard is. I don't know anything. And he's like, just get in between your legs. I'm like, all right. He goes, I'll give you three minutes to get Kathy to tap out. And uh, I'm like, what do you mean tap out? He's like, you could punch her, grab her face, choke her, do whatever you want. This, The attitude wasn't like a lot of jujitsu schools where it's like, be polite and like, don't do like, it was, yeah, this the, is opposite. It, was always, it was always just savages free for all. <laughs> it, it, it was completely dangerous. <laughs> and, um, I'm like, all right, well, this is dumb. Kathy's about to get ruined, but whatever. So the same thing, I, even though I'd still just been destroyed, I still haven't really quite accepted that. I don't know anything about fighting yet. And he's like, go. And I'm immediately just running around this gym with this girl attached to me. <laughs> You know, I'm like, get off. I'm like slamming her up against the wall. Like, with my back. I'm like sprinting all over the place. I couldn't get her off me. If, you, like, if only you could have a video of your first experience. Oh my God, I wish. So That's she a, tapped me out, I think. Um, she rear naked or something? Yeah, like I think uh, rear naked and then I think a triangle actually, which is yeah, surprising. Awesome. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Keith's laughing. He's like, wah, wah, wah. So I, I immediately signed up and I've just been dedicated to it ever since for you know nearing nearing 20 years now and, and i've you know i've done muay thai and mma and jujitsu you know professionally and off and on and yeah for a very long time that's killer man it's cool like just hearing that story it's like um it humbled your spirit you know like it gave you oh it, it gave it gave you a home to kind of rest your ego i guess you know so oh, yeah. which is which is good a lot of um I think uh, a, a lot of people in general um, that are re- that really embrace martial arts or sport in general, really, you know, every sport has a different dynamic. So I haven't tried like, 
you know uh, cricket yeah i don't know i never tried that i imagine it's probably pretty killer but i can't imagine it being as as humbling and as special as as something as like you know jujitsu for me because like that experience you know having a woman just like manhandle you which is awesome because it just shows you that you really don't know shit you know and when you start to think you know, you really have no clue. That's when you've given up thinking. And I think that there's an odd reality and, and, and connection between that and art. You know, like there's this connection that I find between the two lines, you know, so, which is killer. That sounds like a really <laughs> funny experience. So are you still training with them? Um, well, no. So that was in Chicago and I've sort That's of right, bounced yeah. around all over the U.S. since then and ultimately ended up in um, San Diego, where I was teaching MMA for quite a while, and then uh, the Gold's Gym down here. Well, no, I, Gold's was just where I was lifting, and then uh, the place I was training at in Chicago was Hackney's huh. Combat Academy, and then in I lived in St. Louis for a little bit, um, and I was sort of on my own there. I was training at like a local gym. I would just sort of try and find guys. Again, this is like the dark ages. It wasn't on television. It, John McCain had pulled it off the air. Um, a lot of people don't really know the history. I mean, it wasn't even legal. Um, in California until Arnold got into office a long time ago. Arnold's um, like, yes, more he was like, physical. We're doing, MMA. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it more, talk. more punching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's a big so, advocate for uh, athletic stuff, even yeah, if it's, it's people insane. punching and one then, another um, in the head. So, yeah, then I was always involved. I was at Beverly Hills Jiu Jitsu Club in Los Angeles for a long time. I tried going over to Eddie's originally when he was at Bomb Squad, which is old school Eddie Bravo, when no one knew who he was. And uh, it was just too far. The commute was too much. Um, so, yeah, I bounced around a bunch of gyms in L.A. And then Legends was there for a little bit. Uh, and that place was crazy. And then, um, yeah, I teach it in Singapore, you know, sort of all over the place here. I buy, I'm sort of one of those. I, I, don't, I can go to any gym in Singapore and I sort of just, you know, Singapore is a unique place. So if you have a lot of experience with it, you're sort of really, really rare. Um, so I'm fortunate enough where everyone's just sort of happy to have me in their gym. And then I, you know, show whatever I can show and help out. And, you know, I was teaching at a gym exclusively for a couple of years here called Fightworks, but um, I got a little busy with work and um, that gym ended up closing down. So now I bounce around between a bunch of gyms here. One's called Fight G, another one's Impact, another one's Singapore um, Jiu-Jitsu, and then a, my other training gym is called Pure Fitness. So I'm all over the place. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, do you, do you find that uh, Singapore has, like um – like a good range of just uh, of studios or uh, um, like fighting academies, or is it growing? No, it's it's a growing sport. I mean, I'm, it's three years ago it was just sort of non-existent, and I was really getting frustrated. Um, you know, it's it's hard for me to find people to sort of to punch. train with train with anyway. On, on one on one hand, it's because there's a lack of experience there, so that's a little frustrating. But on the other hand, even if you find somebody who's pretty good. I'm like three times bigger than them, so you still have this—you still have this total advantage. Yeah. You're like, All right. So you're not getting super good because, yeah, you're not training with somebody super gnarly. Yeah. So I, you know, as a compet as a competitive inner, you know, person, I sort of am like, oh, I wish I had, you know, somebody else. But in the last couple of years, it's gotten quite a bit better. Um, people are, you know, we're starting to get some like local grown blue belts, purple belts. Killer. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really not there's probably like one local brown belt in the country all the black belts in the country are foreigners oh, okay well that's cool it'll yeah, it'll become no. itself it sounds like probably for sure yeah 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 and and you know the 
I, I can go off now uh, on this subject, but uh, <laughs> sure. there's the, the new modern day jujitsu guy isn't really me. You know, I'm, I'm not that, you know, the, the young kids coming up now are coming up in this really soft, uh, pussified IBJJF style of jujitsu, which isn't, it's not what jujitsu was meant to be. It's not what jujitsu is. It's obsessed with these stupid points that don't mean anything and positions that don't have anything to do with advantages. You know, like everybody in IBJJF gets in the guard and it's like, well, what, what is your next move supposed to be? Well, pass the guard. It's like, well, why? You know, I don't need to pass the guard to tap somebody out. Yeah, yeah. There's all these, so, um, so people that are listening that might not know what you're talking about. There's, um, I'm still new to the game, but my interpretation of what you're saying is that there's, there's people that care about actually combat and then there's people that care about like getting points at a competition, a tournament. And then there's people that care about like learning it as a defense mechanism. And then there's guys like me are kind of like the oddball that like I like to do it as a hobby to like release a lot of like stress and tension. And it's also like I love to learn new things. So like I get a bit obsessed with it. But I'm not like I haven't gone to tournaments. I'm not like a tournament guy. I don't like I'll probably eventually go and start competing just just to represent my um my team because it's kind of like my extended family now like once you roll around with these dudes and sweat and fart on one another like you just feel <laughs> like you're like hey you know like uh it's cool like we're, we, we i know you better than i probably know a lot of people you know um that there's this uh, you know thing but um my understanding i've been i've been i'm not i haven't been following the sport of jujitsu um really ever until i started rolling uh, I, I mean I, I was really keen on it through watching uh, UFC since the beginning I actually started watching UFC on VHS from Blockbuster as a kid and that's how I kind of got into martial arts and all that kind of stuff but the jiu-jitsu thing I'm still new to and there and I, the more I unfold there's so much politics about it and it's weird because that just that tells me that it's still very much in, in its infant state because it's always constantly debated which means that everybody's trying new things, you know, which is good for me, yeah. from my perspective on what it is, you know. And, and so, like, what you're talking about is, is the dudes that are obsessing about, like, point systems and, and, you know, belt systems and all that kind of stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, essentially what has happened over the last 15 years is that, you know, the point of jiu-jitsu was, what was amazing about jiu-jitsu 15 years ago was that it worked. Yeah and, it, yeah, and they proved that it worked. And they said, it doesn't matter what you bring. You're going to lose because jujitsu is better. And so that's what, that's what you learned. And what you learned was it doesn't matter if you're on top. It doesn't matter if you're on bottom. It doesn't matter if you have a gi. It doesn't matter if you donut. Like, that's what, that's what we were exposed to. And we all went, oh, my God. And the very people that, have, that showed us that have, and, and showed us that you, you have to be open and you have to accept that, that look, what works, works. Yeah. And those exact same people over the last 15, 20 years have turned it into a completely different sport. And now a lot of the stuff they're teaching doesn't actually work. It only works because they're saying, well, we're not going to allow reaping. We're not going to allow this. Not gonna allow <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm like, but you guys, they're doing the, they're doing the exact same wrong thing that we did a hundred years ago where we said Taekwondo is awesome. It destroys everybody, but we're not really going to punch each other in the face, which is going to give us a false sense of security. And then you go spar a boxer and you're a Taekwondo guy and then you yeah. get blasted in the face. Yeah. So you learn really quick that what you're doing actually doesn't work. And if you know, it's, it's not about punching somebody in the face. It's about a point, a point system creates a culture 
And so, so that culture says, okay, if I'm in guard, what is the next best position? Well, the question is wrong on its face because there is no next best position. You're already in a great position to do lots of damage. Yeah. Essentially, you're being taught you're in a bad position, and, so, and therefore you must pass guard. And so when you, when you pass guard and you get into half guard, most people in their head, they think they are, they are halfway to a good position because they are in half guard. And, and you, don't, you won't get points now until you pass half guard, and now you're in side control. By the way, you could have tapped him out from guard. You could have tapped him out from half guard. But we're going to give you two points for no reason because now you're in side control. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's it's, like this it's pass. Like, well, I, could have, yeah. I could have finished him in all three of those positions. Who decided that this weird arbitrary side control? Like I have moves that I do, uh, especially if I'm going against a really good advanced guy, whether he's a black belt or whatever, and maybe he's got a really, really solid side control. I let them mount me, and I let them mount me because I know I can leg lock them from there. <clears throat> um, and I, I let people get in, get positions on me because there, to be honest, there is no advantage position. Yeah, with jujitsu, I notice that there isn't. It's all about how you use your body, and um, yeah. and and basically, it's all these small, like the high level dudes. Um, like I have, um, we have we have a, quite a few brown belts and some purple belts, and uh, we just recently got Giovanni, my one of my best friends, my really close friends, my training partner. He has got a black belt. And uh, when I watch them roll or I roll with them, and they're just savages, but it's all these small angles. Uh, they know they, they're waiting for the advantage and disadvantage, and they can get you from every angle yeah. and from every position, which is killer. You know, they're always uh, the difference that I've noticed between a lot of these guys. And, and you can relate all this stuff to art, too, I think, is, is they're one move here, but they're already thinking three moves ahead. It's very much chess, you know, like, well, if this guy counters this here, if he moves his foot over here, I'll do that. And if yeah. he if he counters that with that, I'm already ahead of him two times. That's when I'm going to get him. You know, like they're not thinking yeah. like a uh, white belt like myself. Um, first off, when I started, I was like super like I'm going to use my muscle to get out of this shit because <laughs> I don't want to be choked out. And then I yeah. started realizing I need to breathe and calm down and compose myself. And then then I started realizing it's okay to be you can be comfortable while you're getting choked out. That's how you can get out of it. And then I started realizing, because this whole year I've been doing jujitsu, it's all I cared about is surviving. Because that's all the white yeah. belt. That's all white belt. That's all do. you can do that first yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially like I, I train with fucking beasts. These guys are really good, and they train under. They get their black belts from Eddie, and Eddie's a beast. He's a savage because um, he's been doing it for so long, and so all this stuff teeters down from them, and then it comes right to me, my stupid ass, and trying to learn his stuff, but. What, there's there's so many levels of it, and I think what you're saying is uh, with what what happened to it is it's almost like there's this famous line that I love from the movie Ghost in the Shell. She says like when you over specialize, you breed in weakness, you know. And when the I think that what was so beautiful about it in the beginning was that they had approved to the world that they could do it, that their system worked, you know. It's almost like Eddie Bravo proved that his system worked recently, you know. Um, yeah. Which is beautiful because uh, you could tell in that match that there was there was a lot of confusion. Like, what is he doing? How is he doing this? How come I can't pass his guard? I can't go to my normal stuff. And Eddie wait, waited the storm and used his system against you know, which is really it was really um, it was a good it was a good moment I guess for jujitsu from my perspective. You know, which is just like you guys can't stop. You have to constantly keep going, and there's no right way, like you said. You know. 
Yeah. So in in the you know this this is going to sound like I'm knocking Brazilians or something, but you know no Brazil, no of course for, not for Brazilians. There's a lot of culture involved there, and so they they really don't like letting go of certain things and them losing. It'll, at that point, will just be excuses after excuses about well this that and the other and you know I I was talking to a lot of people before this and I have nothing but faith in Eddie and you know Eddie and I always sort of echo the exact same sentiments about gi versus no gi and a lot of these other ideas about what is actually a good position and you know like I'm I live and die inside of half guard half the time <clears throat> which but but to a Gracie half guard is not I shouldn't say to some Gracies a half guard position like the one Eddie was choosing to be, yeah, yeah, like choosing, well, see, the Gracies wouldn't do the lockdown in the first place. I don't they get that. Just, <laughs> That's would, the way to do it. Stand. I mean, you, you could see how, like, you know, inept he was at even realizing what position he was in. But that's, but that's that thing where, like, most of them, you know, Hickson and the other guys, a lot of them, you know, are, are very open and very critical. Like, they'll say, um, I think Hickson either said 70 or 80, I think he said 80%, actually. 80% of gi jiu-jitsu is actually useless you know and doesn't actually doesn't actually work and they're right and a lot a lot of that stuff were like oh i'm just gonna pat like he could have stepped over into a knee bar he could have done a thousand things for you would have think he would have figured out how to like break the lockdown first of all if you're gonna go against eddie yeah, limp leg in or their, something in their head they're too stubborn and they go i don't need to learn eddie's system sure because their system, system works yeah and so when I when I was talking to a lot of people before the fight, everyone's like, "Well, who do you think's going to win?" And I was like, "Why wouldn't Eddie win?" Like it's it's essentially like Eddie speaks two languages, Hoyler speaks one. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And and they're and they're both going to go in there and try and have a conversation. Eddie Eddie has way more words to use than Hoyler. I, I, I couldn't even imagine a world where Hoyler could have ever possibly won that match. It wasn't even close. I mean, he, I mean to be all, I mean, I, I, they're, they're, to me personally, it's like when I watch UFC, there's always like, yeah, this guy is going to win, of course, but it's like, you never know, and that's the beauty of it. And that's also like, uh, I always, everybody that's made it to that level, especially now, the athleticism of these guys, they're all fucking savages, you know? Like, they all have my uttermost respect. But at the same time, when it comes to like, this level too you i would think that they would somebody would acknowledge like okay well i'm going against this opponent i better be aware of his game and learn his language because if i don't i'm just allowing myself to be weak you know against him even if it seems weird and wonky like the dimensional system that it brings and opens up you know it's a whole different ballpark you know and Eddie, Eddie's rubber guard and the lockdown and, and all that stuff in playing from the guard i mean that's his style you know yeah, like I've been throwing vaporizers forever, you know. Like now, now <laughs> I just learned that. that. Yeah, that's a yeah, now all savage of a sudden one. Everybody's doing half guard, and I'm like, God damn it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for you then. That then you have then you have to move on, you know. Like you have to learn but what, and advance but my, from there. My trick that I've always done, which is the same as everything, is I I figure out what road everyone's on, and then I I go down a different road because the, you know, and it's this is no different for Muay Thai or boxing or whatever. If if you all, if you both go in there and you both agree, essentially, or in this case, it's sort of cultural. Like jujitsu has a lot of culture. If if two guys go in there and they're both going to compete at the same type of jujitsu, then you're both then you're both basically rolling the dice at going, well, who's better at that type? And so what I will do is, if I'm going to go grapple with somebody, let's say I'm going against a Brazilian and he, maybe he's a black belt, 
I'm going to throw nothing but leg locks because he might be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but he's probably a blue belt in leg locks. Sure, and sure. He, and he's a blue belt in leg locks because they don't like leg locks. They don't allow them they in don't allow them, yeah, yeah. By the time they start doing them, they're brown belts. But by then, it's not a part of their mental furniture. So I go, okay, I'm just going to go sambo on you. But again, it's, it's because I'm not going to go see who's better at arm bars because he's probably been doing arm bars for 15 years. So why, why roll that dice? Yeah, I, I guarantee you he's not nearly as versed in leg locks. But now if I'm going against a Sambo guy, if I, if I got a guy coming into the gym and he's from Eastern Europe, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to throw a twister on this guy because I know they're not doing that in the Ukraine. You know? <laughs> and, but it's, a, it's about giving yourself that tool set. And, sure. and even the same thing, um, which I'm, I'm, you don't have to launch everybody in class, but everybody that starts jiu-jitsu on their knees all the time, and then you go into a tournament. You don't start on your knees in a tournament. Yeah, standing. So then, yeah. It's, you know, so it's there's, combat stance. There's yeah. holes in most jujitsu gyms that are so big that it's ridiculous. It's and it's obvious. You know, it's like you don't have to slam each other to the ground every time, but you know, once or twice a week, you work on throws and start sparring on your feet. You know, like judo um, stuff. I, yeah, judo stuff, sambo throws. I mean, sambo. I, personally, like sambo is in terms of a single. One one style that is the most complete. I I don't think there's anything more complete than sambo. Hmm. I mean, other other than MMA, but you know you can argue that MMA is a mixture of multiple disciplines. Sure, which is beautiful about it. That's what makes it so special for what it is. You know, uh, you have all these different types of techniques and everybody, and that's what's cool. I caught Joe Rogan saying it perfectly one time. He was saying that with commentating on the UFC for so long, everybody is like, oh no, like Taekwondo is the shit. This is the shit that wins everything. And then, <laughs> and then Taekwondo gets, the, the head Taekwondo guy gets fucking taken out. They're like, oh fucking jujitsu is the fucking way. No boxing, you know, like, so nobody really knows. Um, and that's the thing. It's not just one thing. You can't just be one-sided. And any, yeah. any athlete that's made it anywhere in, in that sport has realized that they can't, just do and focus on that one thing and that's really what i find makes that sport so brilliant to me is it's not like throwing a ball to another guy because like (laughs) i could give two shits about what you do with that ball i don't give a fuck i don't like i don't like i can't watch those kind of sports i I appreciate what they are but when i watch mixed martial arts it's it's honest it's a man versus a man or a woman versus a woman and it's just that intense uh interaction you know and and there's nobody in the way other than the referee and it's them and you're seeing how hard that person that person really wanted it and learned the techniques and really focused you know and then you get like you know freaks of nature like uh john jones or something you know where it's just this this superbly uh advanced fighter that has just kind of a genetic and a mental advance over so many different people you know you get guys like that or um you know uh GSP and stuff, which is, uh, did he retire, by the way? Um, I've heard rumors that he might come back, but... Yeah, uh, guy gets that money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. He I is, mean, UFO and everything. <laughs> yeah, the aliens, I think he's got some stuff he's got to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, I mean, maybe he's right, maybe he did get abducted by it's UFOs. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that you have to be, you got to be a little bit crazy to, to do this shit, dude. I mean, yeah. uh, you got to, you know, it's, it's. I, I would personally, I don't think I have it in me to ever do anything like that. That's another reason why I watch it. That's another reason why I think a lot of people watch it is, is people like to watch a fire burn. They like to watch people fail. They like to, you know, that's just, that's human nature. Uh, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to learn from you. 
you know and 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 when you watch fights and stuff especially in the beginning when there was like tons of knockouts and just like it was just like the wild wild west now it's much more like it's 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 heavy it's it's for me when i watch a ufc it's 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 so intense because there's this athleticism that occurs there's this huge risk i can see it in both athletes and some yeah. of them allow it to control their 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 pacing and others are like fuck it let's go let's brawl heavy you know like i don't <laughs> give a fuck you know there's Every been diego sanchez fight ever <laughs> yeah that guy i would never want to fight a guy like that that guy seems like yeah. he has endless gas tank and he goes for broke every time and doesn't give a shit he's like he doesn't care if he wins i mean he cares if he wins obviously but he doesn't care uh the risks is almost it's like you know he don't he only goes 100 miles an hour which is crazy yeah, if, if he doesn't end up in the hospital it wasn't a diego sanchez fight i mean he's just <laughs> he's, he's ridiculous yeah you know? but those guys i mean those guys burn uh, out fast yeah you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> well if you want longevity well, yeah yeah if, if 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 your main i mean gsp is is a standing like golden child when it comes to like uh, a person that's managed to make it work. That's one of the things I think that's been against uh, the UFC being uh, bigger than what it is. It's like in NFL or any of these other sports, you get these athletes that have a pretty long stint. They have, you know, like a four to five year, just like they just smash if they're really good, you know? And so people, what you get with that is you get this attachment to like merchandise and all these things. And, and, and the sport grows from that. Cause you're like, yeah, you know, Joe Montana, blah, blah, blah is my team and blah, blah, blah. You know, but like with UFC, it's like, that's my dude. Oh, she just got knocked out. He's only been on for one thing or two, two, two fights, you know? And, and, and it's such a, a, a heavy climb to the top that everybody's pulling down the dude that's at the top to try and get there, you know? And it's just savage. Personally, I think that's cool, and I don't mind that. But I see that as being probably why it, it's it had a hard time becoming growing to what it is. And now it's really big, and it's almost too big for me. I can't even keep up with it. There's like a fights every like every week or something that I. Yeah. It's hard for me to. Um, it's like a full time job. Like we were saying, we were laughing. We're both fans of Joe Rogan's podcast because it's first off, it's fucking killer, and then second it's just i don't know it's just one what's what's one of my favorite things to listen to as far as podcasts go but he does them so regularly now it's like a full-time job just to keep up with joe's podcast you know which is which is not it's not a bad problem to have you know you get to pick and choose who you listen to you know yeah i've really seen sort of the the full range i mean so when i was fighting in mma it was insane I, i don't know i don't know whatever i don't know why i ever did it i mean it was just it was unregulated you didn't no one cut weight. You just showed up. And <laughs> you fought. So, like my first fight ever was in a bar, and um, they brought they brought this ring into a bar, and it was like they, they were warning us because, because ring. You know, if, you, if you ever stood next to a boxing ring, they're really high. Like they come up to like your ribs if, if it's got like a real high sort of stanchion, like a yeah, base. so everybody can see it. Yeah. yeah, and so but this is a bar, and bars aren't set up for this. But anyway, they, they put freaking <laughs> ring in. And so they're warning us, like, well, if you lift somebody up, don't hit their head on the ceiling because it's, I mean, like, I couldn't, I couldn't raise my arms fully without hitting the ceiling because by the time <laughs> they got the ring in, you know, and then the, you know, ring was super small. And so, I mean, and I was warming up like in a bathroom or we'd, or we'd be in Tijuana, like, you know, putting cardboard down because there's broken glass in the back and you're bouncing around on cardboard, <laughs> you know, about to get in a fight. And you're just like, what am I doing? Yeah, what goes through like, your head, man? What's how, like, how do you get amped up for this shit? Cause it, it, it totally. It's terrifying. It's, ter- any, it's Good. terrifying. I'm glad you there's said no, that. Cause if you were like, no it's, it's, you know, blah, blah. I'm like, you're a douche. Don't say that. <laughs> no, oh it's- God, anybody that says, okay, there's, there's, 
there's 99% of the people who compete in MMA, if, if they should just own up to the fact that it's terrifying. And then there's 1% of them who are just psychopaths, and they just absolutely love the fact that they're about to get into a fight with a stranger in a cage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? there are guys like that. That's literally such a small percentage. Everybody else, whether it's me all the way up to Randy Couture to GSP to Tidor, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, they, everyone, when you ask them, they're like, dude, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like one of my last fights, like I literally was like walking in and I was saying to myself, what are you doing? Like, I, <laughs> like in my head, I'm like, I have class tomorrow. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, and then a the guy's bouncing around and he wants to fucking kill you. He's got a skull tattoo on his forehead and you're just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I'm doing it in a time where it's like, wait, how much am I making? Oh, yeah. $300? Perfect. <laughs> Just as I planned. You know? This is exactly what I need to pay for but my cereal. Then, like, guy, yeah, like you look at a guy now, even still, like a, a first-time fight in the UFC, you know, two grand, man. Two grand to five grand. Really? For first fight, yeah. huh? So uh, you might get let, – let's – Go up a little higher. Let's say it's three to five thousand dollars for your first fight, and Dana White uses that money to wipe his butt. I know, right? So like, <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do with that? People all the time, like I, you know, I train with a lot of fighters, and you know, I, I don't have any problem, you know, going with anybody, frankly, whether they're a pro or not. And people, so people, sort of, as a result of that, are always like, "Dude, why don't you fight?" You know, and I'm like, "For what?" Like. <laughs> Like I'm not, you know, first of all, I have a completely normal, regular job where I'm a normal person. And yeah, a successful person too, you know, so. And, and fighting stressful, you know, the, even no matter how much you enjoy oh, God, being yeah. in the fight and winning and all that stuff, which is, there's a lot of aspects of it that are absolutely addictive and wonderful and really exciting when you win. It's heavy on but your that, body too. Yeah, but that two weeks before is pretty rough on you. I, um, and for me, I, you know, it's really, really stressful time and it's hard to be creative at work when you're thinking about a cage fight next oh, yeah. Tuesday in another country. And <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a lot. And then you're trying to think like, well, why would I do that anyway? You know, like really, why would I, you know, I'm not really trying to prove anything anymore at this point. And, yeah. Um, yeah. What's you know, the point? So I, I go and I have my gym wars and I train other fighters and I bring a lot of guys in that are fighting for one FC and I spar with them and help them get ready for fights. And yeah, you yeah. live through them vicariously yeah it's great uh, <laughs> yeah you got punched <laughs> then what's funny too is so i judge all the one fc events in asia and so oh, then cool. i'll you know I, I still have that twinge you know i'll be I'll, I'll be seeing a guy fight and win who i know i could waste i'm like God damn <laughs> like i want the applause to be mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah then, that's got to be really amazing too is is you stress you cut weight you're you're putting yourself through all this mental and physical challenges and you're getting all, you know, I don't know the the build up for it, and then you go and do it, win or lose. But then when you win, that success of like, ah, uh, finally, you know, like I've overcome this uh, this thing. How how does that how does that buzz equate to every, everything else in life? Is it just one of those top buzzes where you're just like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like it. I've never felt anything ever where it's you you go from such a high level of stress to such a high level of euphoria mm-hmm. and elation I, my, my fights for me were always weird i never remembered my fights you know mm. I, did, I didn't remember being there i didn't remember lizard brain, lizard brain. yeah like it just <laughs> goes tunnel vision and everything goes for me everything goes sort of black around the edges and you know adrenaline kicks in and it's sort of a blur and i'll see like 
a video or someone would be like, oh, yeah, when you threw that kick. And I'll be like, I don't remember kicking it in the second round. They're like, dude, you threw like 20 kicks. And I'll be like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I just, for me, I just, yeah, I just go lizard brain. I don't really have any memory of the fights or anything. So I, I sort of don't like that. But then, you know, then your hand gets raised and sort of your body goes back in a normal mode, you know, where things actually hurt and <laughs> yeah. feel things normally. Because people are always like, how can they just sit there and take that? You literally don't feel things the same. I mean, you, you, you think that they're extra special, tough people, and they are because they have the courage to go in there and do that, which sure. 90% of people don't. Mine over matter, but, though, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but your body goes in. I mean, your body starts releasing so many <laughs> chemicals once all that starts happening. Yeah, you don't feel too much. So it's an interesting... Um, I can't imagine, yeah, you, dude. You know, for me, it's and it's like you know, I'll go watch an event, and I ha it's it's like always. I go watch an event, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was in there. I could do that, and I know I could do it, and I could be great. And but then I go home, and I'm like, I just would rather play Call of Duty. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 what would my end goal be? Like, do a few fights, and then what? You know, it's like I don't, I don't really have a aspiration. It's not, it's not my career. You're not going to make any money at it, essentially. And um, yeah, I, I. For me, it's all about the love. You know, I, I do it because I love being around it. So yeah, yeah, you really have to. You know, I have um I have one of my really close friends. He's uh, just entered the pro level actually. So he's got, and he just won. So he's got I think two pro f wins now. Awesome. So he's he's on his way. Um, he's actually uh, a brown belt under Tenth Planet as well. He's a friend of mine I've known for quite a long time. And it's, it's crazy just seeing his path, you know, he, if I look at him and I go, God damn, I would hate to be the person that has to be hungrier than you, you know, like dude, <laughs> fuck my life, man. Like, yeah. no, thanks. But like, I want to segue all this stuff because I think that a lot of what we're talking about is, is for me, um, when I look at trying to be a, a beast of art basically, or like, you know, um, conquering these big goals or it's, it, I mean, I can't even understand. It would never compare, you know, like to what that experience must feel like, uh, the elation and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of these, um, these things like so i look at like my friend richie who's like second pro fight and stuff and and i see how hungry he is you know like how much he sacrifices I, you know he really doesn't own a lot of things at all he's he's kind of like just lives at the gym and and uh i mean he he, he lives Poor for <laughs> yeah he lives for a lot of things but you know most of it is is the dedication that he has towards his goal and dream to you know win a title and then you know to do i don't know uh fighting camps or something i'm not sure or you know open up a 10 planet dojo or something with mma mixed in so you know whatever a lot of these guys segue into these different things but what i was looking at going after is that when it comes to art and creating art and doing these things um i look at it the same way as how hungry and how hard i'm willing to put in <clears throat> uh put it into um doing it and how how much i'm gonna give to it you know and that's what's funny about the double negative thing is because uh, Total Recall is just like a random fluke and I, I shouldn't even taken that job on, but because I was like just hungry for the experience and stuff and I, I just, I said yeah to it. It's almost like I said yeah to like a fight that just I shouldn't have, you know, it, it, was, it conquered me every day. But at the end, I fucking kicked the shit out of that thing. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I, for me in life, I guess to help simplify my crazy mind is I relate things to one another. And I find that 
with jujitsu, I connected with art and, you know, patience and breathing and pacing and that kind of stuff. So I've actually learned the maturity. I learned a lot of maturity, uh, for my art and how to be more mature, have a more mature outlook on it through, um, the act of jujitsu actually personally, which is killer. That's what's been a really great gift. And so I wanted to talk about kind of how, so we talked a lot about MMA and I'm sure that you and I, it sounds like we can go on and on and on and on <laughs> and on and on about it. But I, uh, but yeah. I definitely want to touch cause you're a talented artist as well. And I wanted to talk about a little bit about your journey and then, you know, the game thing. And, and you mentioned like how you got out of games and now that like, you're into films and kind of, you know, segue all this stuff into talking about, like, you know, the art side. So so when did you have the art bug? Was this since you were a kid out in the sticks or what? Uh, art bug. I was always an artist. I just never – I've never identified with being anything else. I've, I've never identified with anything other than wanting to turn my test over and doodle something on the back. But, you know, and yeah. I, what's funny is now I don't, I don't consider, consider myself a good artist – Traditionally, I don't consider myself an illustrator. I'm just absolutely not. Um, partly because I abandoned all of it. Probably at the time when I would have started getting even remotely decent at it. Like <laughs> my paths have been funny. So like I uh, I knew I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Because I was gr- I was growing up in a world where we, everyone was a farmer, and so I, what does being an artist mean when you're living? next to a cornfield nothing essentially so everyone told me I couldn't be an artist every high school counselor I said told me I couldn't be an artist and were sort of snarky about it and told me to go to community college whatever the, whatever the fuck that means and then um, I've always hated that I've always resented that and I've you know really probably slingshot in the other direction I'm, I'm sort of not, not anti-school but I'm anti the way school is now um, Sure, it's ass backwards. Yeah, and not all schools, and there's a yeah. lot of really fucking amazing, brilliant teachers and people that actually do care. But for the most part, it's a gross system that it just it needs to be updated, and it's weird, you know. Yeah, and uh, so all I knew was I wanted to be an artist, and then I saw I think when I was I I, I didn't. It's weird, like so. My my philosophy in general is. Don't think of the end. You know, if, if you're 14 and you're trying to think about what you're going to do when you're 25, well, you're it's impossible. Probably it's impossible because industries will exist when you're 25 that don't exist when you're 14. Yeah. So how can you possibly <laughs> predict perceive that? the future? That's a huge task. Yeah. Yeah. So sim, it's, it's simple for me. It's it's only do what you like to do and walk through every door. You know, yeah. there, there's always there's always reasons not to do things. I, I had a guy email me the other day. It was a really great email, and uh, I get emails from time to time from people, and they want maybe advice or they want to, you know, like, oh, I heard your story, and I'm really, you know, can can you tell me what to do? And this guy was some a guy in Australia, and he's uh, I, w- I won't say his name, so he's in Australia, and he's sort of growing up, and he's like, he's like, I kind of got a job offer to go to Singapore, and I was like, okay, cool, and he's, I'm like, so what, what are your concerns? He's like, well, I don't know, like, should I go, and it'll be my first job, I don't know, if, you know, what they're going to pay, and what's the life like, and he had all these questions, and I, these, are all, <laughs> these are all perfectly normal questions, but he was really, really hesitant, and I was like, and he's like, it's only a six-month contract, and da, da, da. and I was like, look, you're giving me a lot of tone, and a lot of reasons why you think you might not want to go, and I'm telling you, if you go next year at this time, you're going to have 
all these new stories, all these new adventures. You're going to have your first job under your, your belt. You're going to have experience in the industry, and you're going to learn a shitload. And by the way, you're going to move out of your house, and you're going to have your own first on-your-own life experience. It's the fucking awesome. The fact that you're even hesitating about this is insane. I yeah. Was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, delete this email, <laughs> pretend you never sent it, get on the fucking plane and take the job, Boom. even if it's not as much money as you want. You know, it's your first job. That that's you, you're missing the point. It's not about the money. Yeah, go money doesn't go, come till later. Yeah, go and a year from now, tell me how awesome this experience was. Period. Yeah. And and if it if it doesn't work out because you don't like your boss, or you don't like, so what? You, it's it's all about the other it's all about the other people that you're going to meet that are going to open up other doors for you in the future and all the things that you can't possibly foresee. Absolutely. So go walk through the door and go do it and then tell me about it next year, you know. One of the greatest things that humans can do I think personally is travel and experience other things. That's how you people actually get a good perception of like empathy and understanding of like, you know, just the human condition in general. I, that's one thing I always feel that like any politician or anybody in, in supposed quote unquote power should do is, is experience different things because that's really when you get to understand on a whole different dimension, you know, and the experience that this guy is going to have if he goes and takes this thing is going to be awesome, you know, because you're going to actually get a chance to embrace like you said it's not about the job it's not about the boss and all these little monetary and the money and all that stuff it's not necessarily about that as long as he can pay the bills and stuff but the the, the real big yeah. thing is is the people that he's going to meet and you know you could you could potentially meet your future love your life you know like are you yeah, can, exactly you can meet like your best friend that you've never knew you had you know uh, just by leaving your hometown and experiencing other things and in the day and age where travel is is somewhat you know manageable like you know it's not the elitists that are able to do it you know you can we can all jump in a tin can with wings and fucking fly around the earth and experience different cultures and that's really a, a beautiful thing you know i think personally my mom raised me on that um aspect she was big on traveling and pulled me along all over the place all the time and and then when i was a kid i resisted the shit out of it because i just wanted a normal life you know i just wanted to fit in and blend away <laughs> into the you know the distance but she wouldn't allow that and that's how i was able to understand and, and get a really fast mature uh, understanding of the world in the sense you know from a child's perspective yeah. So that, I think your your advice towards him is awesome. Did he write back to you? Or he was like, he didn't, huh? He wrote back and he was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, whirlwind. I'm going, I'm going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck off fuck. and go. <laughs> he was like, I feel dumb for even thinking about not going now. He's like, I'm going to take it. Thank you. Awesome. There you go, yeah. man. Does, <laughs> so when you do stuff like that, does it give you some sort of fulfillment in a sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to do. Um, it, I enjoy teaching. Just it doesn't matter what I'm teaching. I, I spend so much of my time teaching. Like I said, I'm going to go to Manila and do a seminar. I've also been there to talk to college students um, that are doing 3D. Um, I've done motivational sort of speaking and like career speaking at Santa Monica High School and stuff like that. And I love doing that kind of stuff. I love right. seeing people go like aha and like getting it. And they're yes, like, they're like, wow, I can actually do like. Wonderful, I, right? This is, it's going to sound like a really weird thing to notice, but one, one of the most amazing thoughts I've ever had in my life, this is going to sound really stupid, but <laughs> I, went on, I went on vacation when I was younger and I was really fortunate. Um, my aunt and uncle sort of had a bit of money and they would go on these amazing vacations once a year and their, my cousin, their son, was around the same age. So they, on a couple of occasions, they actually took me. So I, ended, I was really lucky and I, you know, I'm sort of a middle class, whatever, family and then all of a sudden i have this opportunity to go to hawaii a uh, killer what <laughs> island 
Uh, I went to the Big Island. I was on Kona. Cool. That's where I grew up. Oh, you did? Yeah, Amazing. yeah. yeah so I, I went there, and um, it was like my second or third day there, and I ended up being there for about a week, and I just, I just had this crystal clear, like, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, you don't have to go on vacation. Like, you could... You could live here. Yeah. Like, people, live, people live in Hawaii. They wake up there. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it like blew my mind. And That's so killer. then I sort of extrapolated that to like life, like yes. entirely. Yes. I was, so I, I literally, that was like a metaphor for my whole life. I was like, I'm literally going to just do exactly what I want to do. Like, Beautiful. I don't have to live in a place I don't like and then watch things on TV and go, wouldn't that be cool if I hate that? Beautiful. I'm never going to do yeah. that. So, like, I'm literally sitting here. I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I have a samurai sword in my left hand and a pair of domo slippers, <laughs> domo Japanese slippers, and I'm wearing a pair of fight shorts doing a podcast. Like, my life is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like I'm the weirdest. I'm the weird. Like, I'm literally a 36 year old with a salary. Uh, or uh, I'm literally like a 12 year old with a salary. <laughs> that's perfect, man. Oh. No, the, well, that's that's the beauty of life, I think. You know, and, and that's one thing I I, I try to I I, tr- I I learned a lot from a lot of especially from these podcasts. I learned a ton because I just I'm so interested in what people think and how people think and all that stuff. I'm just curious person. And one of my friends, Anthony Jones, had a really cool thing that it kind of stuck with me. And he, he's he's very smart. And he, he was saying that he tries not to judge people, lets them be who they are. But um, yeah, I've, I lost my track of thought where I was going to take this. But there, I thought there was. A, <laughs> I'm totally. A, it's damn it. It's early. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, because I was up till like three or three or four, so I didn't get a ton of sleep. Uh, just working and stuff. Yeah, classic stuff. But um, damn it, I, I lost track of what I was going to say. Um, there's, I think there was some kind of brilliance in, in, in not some, judging and some allowing. brilliance in Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> damn it, I lost it. But uh, <laughs> but no, I think that the uh, the epiphany that you had was it was really brilliant. And I think that just l- realizing that aha moment where, no, life doesn't have to be this. That's what I was getting back to is that yeah. um, you don't have to live in a box. I always say um, I'm not a religious dude at all. But I, I do find that there's some really amazing questions that aren't answered in my life, and, and their spirituality has to fulfill those in some way. But I always say that um, your mind is the most amazing gift that you receive from birth, and it's free. And why box it in? You know, like, why do that? Why? You know, from fear? You know, like, don't do that. You know, like, allow yourself to experience change um, when you can, um, you know, within reason, you know, but... Yeah, <laughs> that's really where the the beauty in life lies. If your if your eyes open, your mind's eye, or whatever, you know, because that's it's for me. I've had those moments too, you know, where it's like, yeah, I don't have to do this, you know. Uh, the hardest part of my life, I remember, was being younger. I moved out when I was about fourteen or so, and I realized that, you know, I had to work just shit jobs, gas stations, and like just like fast food places and I've had so many different jobs just to pay the bills <laughs> and that's when I was the most pissed because I was like fuck this I have all this potential and this ideas in my head but I'm busy like doing this stupid shit you know which <laughs> which I had to do you know because it's part of the journey um, but I'm so glad that part's done because that was like the worst part <laughs> but um, yeah it's horrible I was detasseling corn when I was 14 and asphalting and working <laughs> at the movie theater at night like to me working at the movie theater at night was literally my entry into the film industry like I, I felt like 
Like my, my first jobs where I was like, this is step one. Like one yes. was working at the movie theater. There you go. <laughs> well, isn't that beautiful about the movie industry? That's one thing I really love about it is that it, it, um, it spreads throughout the world. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's set itself up for being one of these enterprises from the beginning, uh, to, you know, ignite imagination from around the globe, you know, like, I mean, how many people lost their load when they saw Star Wars for the first time? And they realized, exactly. they realized, I'm not a fucking carpenter. I'm like, I want to make spaceships and shit, you know, like, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. And, and the dawn of that era, how special it was, and, and, you know, where it's, where it's gone and what it's become now is, 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 is a far cry from what it once was, I think. But it still has those really amazing things, I think, to it. And that's a really beautiful thing about media. And that's what's fucking crazy about the internet, too, nowadays. You know, like, you don't have to be... You don't have to wait till 7 o'clock showing to go get your fix on, like, some great sci-fi. You can just yeah. sit there with your iPad and some Cheetos and, <laughs> and yeah. some slippers. And then you're like, ah, you know, like that was well, awesome. That, that, what was amazing for me was, so that there was that interesting transition where I was, I was a young, young man with essentially no opportunities to be an artist, but I knew I wanted to be an artist, mm. but I didn't know what that meant. And so it's, it's like the same advice that I give people. It's like, just keep doing what you like and, and wait for that door to open. Just keep yeah. going, keep going, keep going. And then I saw Jurassic Park. Yeah. The first one. And so good. I, my mom took me to see it at Paramount Theaters in Kankakee, Illinois. And I was like, my jaw was just on the floor. And I was like, because you, you have to remember, at the time, there wasn't really anything like that. Like, it, when I saw the T-Rex come out, I was like, get the fuck out of here. What yeah, is that? there was nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, did they draw it? Like, what, <laughs> how did they even... I said the same they, thing to myself. How the yeah, fuck? Like, did they reanimate one? Like, how is this happening? And, uh, <laughs> it looks so good, yeah. So I literally walked out of there and I was like, whatever that was, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I didn't, there wasn't even a name for it. So, like, by the time I went to college, it was funny, I... I was in the very first graduating class in the state of Illinois that ever had computer animation. Ah, so yeah. George I, I essentially, had some did, I essentially didn't go to school because they were so bad at teaching it and everything was <laughs> brand new. Yeah. But um, so I, I originally signed up for a bachelor's degree and I, I sort of laughed after I got my associates, which I which I achieved in much less than two years. So I just quit after that and I was working really, really quick. It was a funny time then. I mean, like I... I started working professionally by 19, and I wrote my first book. I, I wrote the 3D Studio Max 8.0 Essentials book by the time I was 21. Wow. And then, You're fucking yeah, and savage. Was, <laughs> but, yeah, well, that was another one of those things. Like, I, I had no business thinking I could write a book. I got, all, I got straight Ds for 16 years in school. <laughs> yeah. In, in English, you know, I've never read a book. I've still never read a book. That makes sense to me, though. Because I've not never I'll, read the book yeah. that I wrote. It's insane. Like, I just, <laughs> it's just not how my brain works, you know? Yeah, and, um, yeah. But I like writing and I like creative writing and I like this subject. And um, yeah, it's just, I, I was, I had no, actually, I'll tell you this story really briefly. So I, I wrote this thing. I got really frustrated at work and I, you know, I, I knew Max quite well obviously and um i was getting in these arguments all the time with people this is when i was working at sony uh sony online entertainment i was, I was working for them and i was getting in arguments with people all the time because i originally growing up in the midwest everyone in the midwest from texas to illinois everyone was using 3d studio max 
But the second you got like west of Colorado, everyone was using Maya. Um, and so I was pretty familiar with both packages, but I was a Max guy originally and a Max guy at heart. And then I was getting in all these debates all the time once I got to California about like, Maya's amazing. And I'd be like, tell me why. Because I'm, I'm very like, I enjoy a good debate, but I, I want to know why. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, tell me why. And then they would be <laughs> like, well, I've never used it, but, and they would just say all these really horrible things. And I was like, actually, that's a lot slower in Maya. And so I, I got in so many of these little mini feuds. I went online one night and I was like, and I typed up this like 12 page thing on Max versus Maya. And, um, it was pretty well thought out and articulated. And I had a bunch of like sort of tests, like let's do these two things in both applications and see which one achieves it in fewer steps and quickly. And it was as fair minded of a thing as I could think to do at two in the morning on a rant one night. (laughs) And uh, I posted it online and I, people, it really sort of blew up and people, you know, of course half the world thought I was a genius and the other half hated me. And because at the end of, you know, I sort of came to a conclusion of which one I was like, well, at, at least in terms of modeling, you know, at, at the time I was like, Max, just, it's just got more tool, the tool sets better, it's quicker and all this other stuff. And, um, then you realize you know, Corel paint is the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so then I get a call from a publisher like a month later and he's like, Hey, is this Josh Robinson or whatever? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're interested in you writing the, um, Max eight. It was supposed to be seven, but I think they were upgrading in between. It was like the Max Eight Essentials book, and I was like, uh, <laughs> "Well, that ain't me because I've never, I've never written. I mean, I've written my name on paper, but like, I, I don't have any idea like how to formulate like a proper like. It's just I'm like, it just to me, it, I, I was told my whole life I was a horrible student. You know, I got yeah. poor grades. I, in, in my head, I was like, I have no business even having this conversation. I was really sort of like down. I was like, no, 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 no. And they're like, well, I'm looking at what you wrote. And this sort of seems exactly <laughs> like what we're looking for. And I was just like, my head was in my hands. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? And then um, he's like, well, look, he, they were, you know, credit to them. They were actually pretty persuasive. They were like, look, write an outline and send it to us and then we'll sort of go from there and if we if you we like what you wrote for an outline then we'll we'll talk further i was like fine whatever this is dumb so write an outline. <laughs> and he calls me back the next day he's like this is perfect i was like fuck okay <laughs> <laughs> but then so then i so then you know again it was one of those things where i had no business saying yes to it but it was this unbelievable opportunity the door was open and i just needed to walk through it and so i did i mean but you have to understand i had a full-time job i was training essentially full-time and now i'm trying to author a book <laughs> when? When I get home at midnight, from midnight till three in the morning, I try and do some writing Every, for a year. And it took me a year to do that almost. God, and yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, how did I ever do that? But it's, <laughs> it's just another one of those moments where, you know, you've had yours, I've had mine. But the guy I was talking about in Australia, he's having his right now. Yeah. You have to just, you have to just do it. You know, it's not like, um, Put that work you in. You know, I, I, obviously there are exceptions to this. If somebody's asking me to do heart surgery, I'm not going to be like, I got this. Everyone just figure out. <laughs> Who knows, you know? though? It sounds like <laughs> if, if I'm persuasive enough with you, you'll figure it out. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to make you a heart surgeron. Yeah. Um, and I've done that my whole life. You know, like it doesn't, doesn't, didn't matter what it was that I sort of, in my head, didn't think I was any good at. Like I, you know, I, 
I was really bad at doing creatures and characters and stuff, and it bothered me so much because that's what I thought was the coolest. And I was like, oh, the T-Rex. <laughs> you know, I'm like 10 years in, and I still can't make one. What is wrong with me? So, you, know, I, you know, I went and went to a bank and got a $3,000 loan and got a computer, and it was too expensive. And it was back in the day when computers were hilarious. They were like, you know, two gigs of, or what, what was it? Like, uh, two gigs of it memory. It wasn't even gigs of RAM. It was like 32, like, megs of RAM. The guy was like, Whoa, what do you need all this power for? And I was like, You'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, like, Dude, I'll tell you what, in 10 years, years there's going to be terabytes. You know what a terabyte is? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just went into the massive debt and, God, you know, I just taught every taught myself everything at home, essentially. Um, That's cool. Autodidact, whatever how that word. It's, it's the person that you know that just puts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the funny thing it. was, like, there was no internet really. I mean, there was, but it had just hit. Like, it was 1997, so like, Internet Explorer was sort of coming out. Netscape was still. Oh, Netscape. Yeah, Netscape was. Still, <laughs> you know, there, and it was like you, but you couldn't like just Google. Well, I don't think Google quite was there yet, but you couldn't like just search like how to model a head. So you had to go to a library and get a book. Like, oh, there's a soft image, how to model a face. And it was like 100 pages, and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I don't even use soft image, but you're trying to decipher what they're doing with what tools you have, and it was just a nightmare. Yeah, you really got to love it, you know, at that point. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that's what I really, it kind of pisses me off or gets me kind of like uh, angry is like when people complain kids or younger students complain now i'm like fuck off you have the internet go fuck yourself you know like <laughs> we had fucking like paper and shit like from books that were dated and aged by the time we got it that were brand new you know it's like it's literally sending smoke signals i'm like <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah does he can he see me can, uh, I'll, I'll just wait a month for a reply yeah. you know it's like fuck dude the world moved so much slower and if you want to be a beast now you could be a fucking hyper beast now like you could be so savage like like my friend vitaly like he utilized every tool that he had ability that his his hands could get on to to make himself a savage beast and he did it you know like and he's a, a testament to the new age of creative i think you know the new age everybody from eastern europe kills me it just drives me crazy <laughs> because it, we, we, we have they're all just insanely talented a lot like, of russian dudes yeah a lot of russian dudes man i don't know yeah. what it is like, i don't know what you guys time i go on, on zebra central or something there's some kid in the middle of nowhere who built his own system who's making the sickest models i've ever seen and i'm like <laughs> what is going on he's just at a desk surrounded by like russian red bulls making these amazing hard surface models and i'm like no <laughs> yeah i have like every i have every means and opportunity in the world to get as good as this guy and i'm like i can't do it <laughs> why is he so good yeah yeah there there's an ingredient there that um yeah i i have um some of the most brilliant um designers or just artists in general that i've i've encountered have been russian and there's something about the either the culture or something there that's just uh it just turns them in. They're just savages, man. That's really cool, man. They uh, they spawn some really amazing uh, creative types there. Um, it's, yeah, it's I, I try and make myself feel better, and I, I always tell say jokes like because you know we're we're always at my office, and someone will bring something up from like ZBrush Central or something. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Total, and we all just huddle around it. You know, like, we're all the industry professionals. You know, we're making like we're making Godzilla right now, and but we're all standing around looking at this like sixteen year old Russian kid's work who's never had a job, and our jaws <laughs> are on the floor. <laughs> so then then we all sort of go to our desk like deflated, like fuck. Oh. 
you know, but it's always like, well, it's cold. What else are they supposed to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, I would say jokes like that too. Yeah. yeah like, and yeah. I always say that people like that just need to be killed. Like, just they're, they're ruining it for the rest of us. Like, yeah. all those damn one percenters, you know? Like, yeah, the bell curve, man. And draw and animate. Like, get out of here. And you're using nuke. Screw you, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I think if probably if you, you know, if you just focused on art and not fighting and everything else that was, you know, <laughs> because it's all time, right? You know, this guy yeah. might just put in another uh, three hours a day beyond the rest of us. But when you yeah, add all that the up time through the I'm, year. I'm doing like, you know, arm bars he's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then it's all choices, you know. Do you want to be that one percentile on Z, uh, like ZBrush Central where everybody's like jizzing to it? But, they, but you know, like I always try to look at this stuff with, pers with perspective too, right? Like I'm hoping that, that, that all that attention gets that person the job that he needs and whatever or leads to something that will help him sustain his life to do what he needs to do. But if it doesn't, it's just porn on the net, you know. And then, and then it's like, really, what are you doing it for, you know? Like yeah. to accomplish this awesome goal, that's freaking killer, you know. Like I, I'm not saying anything against it, but uh, what I'm trying to look at is like, I, for me, it's like, it's almost like survival. Like everything that you do, every effort should equal the same amount of return or more, you know. And so yeah. for me, it's all like I don't like diminishing returns out of effort, you know. So every effort, like I calculate all my efforts. I go like, well, if, if today is, if I break my day down into 24 sections and I have this much, this is this much, then I'm going to utilize every one of these sections. Like right now it's learning time. I'm learning from you and we're having a great conversation. It's just like my exchange of the week where I get to like have a good conversation with somebody from around the world. And this is like a special moment for me that I allow in my day. <laughs> and this is when I like, I'll be sitting there drawing and I'll be giggling about something we talked about, like from a weeks from now you know and i'll be like oh that's right i remember that or like i'm like that was a really good that's a good thing to say or a really good thing to remember you know and it's like food you know for thought along the way so what i'm getting at is i i always wonder with certain things is like what is the return on some of these things you know um and i'm like i said i'm hoping that you know this kid is going to get an amazing job and he's going to kill it and be a beast or you know maybe maybe not i don't know but that's that's why kind of what happened with vitaly i think um with his career path, he was doing stuff and then he got hired um, and then he just kept going and now he's just, you know, now he's just a savage beast. He's doing all kinds of stuff all over the place <laughs> and it's yeah. good on him, man. He put in the fucking time, you know, and he sacrificed and worked his fucking ass off and, you know, if anybody deserves it, it's him, you know, for putting in the work, yeah. you know, so, but yeah, damn those one percentiles, you know, like I hate them. Yeah, it's just pure jealousy. It's yeah. just <laughs> Yeah, well it's like they really want it, you know? Like yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just all choices, you know. Like do you want to learn how to arm bar better or do you want to be uh yeah. like the one percentile on yeah, CG I'm, Hub? I'm trying to be a black belt in life is what Yeah, I'm to, that's you know. a great way to look at it. I, I, I agree there, you know. I think I have a family too and that's that's a job that 10 people couldn't do, you know, like <laughs> amazingly, you know, and that's the, actually, I think personally is the most important job of humanity is when you create something to make it awesome, you know, and it's, it's really difficult. It's really challenging to raise a kid properly, you know, to do it right and to do it within reason. Cause there's no rule book. There's no, nobody, nobody knows really. I mean, some people think they know, but they don't really know because they don't know yeah. your kid. They don't know the, how your kid reacts <laughs> to certain shit, you know, like eat that food. Like, no, I don't want to eat it. Like, ah, how dare you not eat that food? <laughs> you know, like, situations like, you know, just the normal situations of day to day, you know, but 
I digress. I want to hear a little bit more. I mean, I, I know we're going to run out of time here, but I, I know that um, you're working on Godzilla and, and uh, I know you can't talk about that kind of stuff, but I, I want to know about maybe if you could, before we get jump off of this, is like um, maybe like one significant or two, whatever you want, um, just moments in your career or things that you realized. I mean, you've said already to me, I, I caught it, but you said some of the best advice already, which is just like, you know, like, just follow it, do the best you can and, and open up doors, you know, like I totally agree with it, you know, like open up one door, opens up and 10 others. And, and that's the same thing that's happened with my career. Has there been a couple moments? Because I think that's a big thing as a takeaway from a lot of listeners for the podcast is a lot of people are, are questioning whether they should be doing this or, um, you know, whether they have it in them to do this or they already are working professionals and they want to push it to the next level or maybe they don't. They're just wondering, you know, like how do guys like yourself make it in this kind of crazy business you know there's something yeah, that you I, I just sort of feel like it's sort of like being a prepper you know that show you just it's like success is what happens when opportunity and preparation intersect yes you know yes. and and it's like you you cannot create you, you can't necessarily directly create opportunities for yourself but but you can put yourself in a position where they're way more likely to occur and you just have to keep beating that drum and have but but what's most important is keep doing what you love to do just keep doing that thing you know and if you keep doing that thing you know it's really frustrating you have to really temper yourself to not i'm not saying don't have goals i have loads of goals and i've always had goals you know but but all the all of those in-betweens it's it's hard to foresee that that friend you met at that job you took that you didn't even like ended up being your next art director on a Steven Spielberg thing. Da, 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 da. Yep. It's insane. You're like, you didn't, you, you never could have seen that coming, but you went and you did take that job and you were nice with everybody and they did want to work with you again. And they do call you, you know, it's like, there's a lot of people that just, they're a little bit too short sighted. And, um, I, I, and there's always reasons why not to do things always. Always, always there's always reasons why not to take that job. Getting another apartment is difficult or whatever. But if you really want to think out, like there was a time where I was thinking out like four or five dreams to California. And here I was sitting in Illinois. And how do you do that? Like, how do you just get there? I didn't have any money. I didn't have any real way to do it. But what I had was a friend of mine that was working in St. Louis for a satellite studio for Sony online entertainment. <clears throat> and I sort of through them could have had an opportunity to work in the St. Louis office. I don't want to live in St. Louis. I don't like Missouri. It sucks. It's, you know, <laughs> St. Louis is a violent, violent place. It's not a place I would ever recommend anybody living. Yeah. You know, and, and, but in my head, I, I literally said to myself, here's my life goal. My goal in life right now is, I'm going to get a job in St. Louis. I'm going to move to St. Louis, a place where I don't want to be. I'm going to move there and live there for two or three years. When Sony finishes this game that we're working on, at the time we were making Planet Side One, and uh, when when Sony, there's no in my head. I was I, this was literally just me making a gamble. But in my head, I was like, why would Sony keep forever a St. Louis office? <laughs> their their home office is in San Diego. And to my knowledge, they had built a studio around one, one engineer who just didn't want to leave. Yeah. So in my head, I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to ship this stupid game. I'm going to be a really great employee. And when they closed that studio, 
They're going to be so happy with my work that they're going to move me to San Diego. I fucking went to St. Louis. I worked for three years. They closed the studio and they moved me to San Diego. Boom. There you go, man. (laughs) It was insane. And I was just like, it was like one of those where like they made the announcement and I, I literally just like threw my Wacom pen and like held my arms in the air and just walked out like, I did it. <laughs> you know, like, Amazing. You know, and it, but, and it was a matter of whether, whether that actually would have happened that way or not is actually irrelevant. It was, it was that I was willing to go do all those things. Yeah. And, and by the way, in doing that, I met a lot of amazing people that I'm still friends with today. Some of them are art directors on great games in other states and in other countries. And we've all gone on to do really great things. Killer. And there are people that I'm still networked with to this day. And, nothing negative ever happened. I mean, I you know, St. Louis wasn't the best place to live, but nothing negative ultimately happened for me making that decision. There you go, man. Yeah. And so, you, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good, that's a great story. Cause it's a, it's true. And then B it's got the right message. Uh, right? I didn't say it was not true. I mean, I made the entire thing up. <laughs> really? Oh, so the, 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 no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> like what? How dare you? <laughs> no, that's, that's killer, man. I mean, it's like you said, you know, it's uh, opening up doors and allowing opportunities to happen based off of like being optimistic, you know, and like you said, preparation, you know, and being in the right place, the right time, but setting yourself up for success, you know, like, you're not going to be a successful artist if you continually tell yourself that you're not going to make it, you know, that's not going to help you put yourself in that environment. That'll really, that'll get you the way to where you need to go. You know, I still struggle. I struggle all the time. I mean, I should be, I see people's work every day that I wish I was as good as them. You should be. Yeah. That's, that's so that's to me, that's the exact same thing with fighting and jujitsu and art for me is it, it doesn't matter if you're a black belt because 50 new moves get invented every day. You yeah. Know? So if, yeah. if you just, if you stop, you're just going to be behind is, is behind as every other blue belt, you know? And it's the same thing with art. Like every day I see a new tool, I'm like, great, there's another thing I got to learn. There's another thing I got to learn. There's another, <laughs> but it's, to me, it's part of, it's part of being good at your craft, whether your craft is jujitsu or Muay Thai or, or making sandwiches you know, or making sandwich. Yeah, it literally <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. No, nope. like, it's just keep doing and, and just keep adding to it and keep adding to it. Yeah, Absolutely. So. That's, that's the key, man. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate it. Um, big shout out to, I can't remember his name, but, uh, actually a listener of the podcast got us connected. He, uh, referred me to you and you know he was like this guy is awesome i think you guys would have a great conversation especially because of the mma aspect but also <laughs> because it sounds like we were kind of like like you said in your email it's like we're like long lost brothers because of the similarities <laughs> yeah. of interest and stuff and you know the uh, positive outlook on you know just trying to accomplish these goals and, and tasks in life and stuff so but yeah. if you ever want to do another podcast and you're ever keen on it just let me know and and you're always welcome to come on here and and chat with me anytime you want so yeah anytime i love it i could talk about this stuff for hours dude well yeah <laughs> maybe 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 a couple months down the line we'll we'll chat again yep. um maybe you know like when godzilla comes out we can talk a little bit about the details of that because i'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of people that are interested in you know a bit of the process and maybe you can go in and dive in about kind of yep. like oh this scene or this thing i did this thing because uh <laughs> i'm sure maybe that you know if you want to you don't have to obviously or if you yeah that's, that's fun i think people get a kick out of Definitely. about all the woes and I, people always paint the picture like oh, it's really easy we just did this and we did that like, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, never, it's easier the second time it's the harder the first yeah i'm like it's not like 
that. It's a struggle all the way. We couldn't even render it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day I was bumping my head against the wall, and all that effort from everybody on the team equates for you know 30 seconds of video time on this movie (laughs) three years of my life and my baldness has gone to equated to 30 (laughs) 30 seconds of godzilla yeah 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 awesome man well um get some sleep and i'm gonna start my day (laughs) bullet facials in call of duty for like another hour bullet facials there you go (laughs) awesome well have a good have a good one man and if i'm ever out there i'll have to definitely uh, hit you up and we'll do some uh, rolling it'd be awesome cool man killer have a good day dude alright later cheers bye